0: Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, last week we finished 1 John, so I thought tonight we'll do 2 John. Shortest book in the Bible, in the New Testament. It's John writing again to the same people. He seems to sometimes say uh, uh, it 's more to an individual we 're not certain, but it 's to that church that is there about a few years later after first John, he writes this letter we 're not certain how long between, but here it is and so we 're going to look at second john chapter one there 's thirteen verses we 're going to look at all of them this evening, and we 're going to begin with the result of truth now. In this letter, truth is a big issue, and if you'll notice it, it's going to be mentioned several times, and we're going to talk about that because what he's trying to get to these people is, you have to live by the truth, and you know what? That's the same message that needs to be proclaimed today. You have to live by the truth. So we're going to talk about that. Let's look at the first three verses. He says, here's the result of truth. This letter's from John, the elder, the the pastor, the spiritual leader. I'm writing to the chosen lady. Could be a lady that's there that is influential in the church. Could be he's just talking to the church in general, and that's a name he uses. He has used it before. And to her children, those who have followed Christ, whom I love in the truth as done everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. So we come to that place where he talks about, look, I'm coming to you. I'm letting you know, here is the truth. And John chapter 14, verse 16, notice what he says in that book. He says, look, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, that's a truth. Now, we live in a day and time that proclaims there's many ways to God. That is not the truth. The truth is there is only one way. And John proclaims that. He says and writes about it and quotes Jesus when he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. You don't get to God any way except through me, Jesus says. John chapter 16, Jesus again is speaking. When the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So he says the Holy Spirit's going to come, and when he comes, he's going to tell you about the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ. The truth is the way to God. The Spirit of truth. He is here to convict of sin. The truth. And so the truth becomes a key element of John's letter here at the very beginning. And then he says, as you do this and as you live in that, what you receive from God the Father and from Jesus Christ is is grace. In other words, grace is all that God does for us that we don't deserve. That's grace. Grace is also The power to do what God wants us to do. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'll give you what you need to do. So there's kind of a dual implication when we talk about grace. But he means he gives to us what we don't deserve. And then he says, not only will you get grace, you're going to get mercy. Now, mercy means you don't get what you deserve. You and I deserve uh, a lot of things, right? Right? If, if people only knew, mercy says, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. And here's the great thing about it. The writer puts it this way. His mercy is new every day. So you don't wear it out. You don't exhaust it to great understanding. So you have this grace and you have this mercy. And then he combines that with peace. If you have grace and mercy, you're going to have peace. It's going to be there. Peace is what results when we have with God and apply grace and mercy to our lives. You and I get to live in the peace of God. Why? He gives us grace. You know, he says, look, he does so much for us that we don't deserve. He died for us. I don't deserve it. He forgives me. I don't deserve it. He gives me all those things. And then he gives me mercy. I I don't have to pay for all my sins. He forgives me. He lets me start anew every day. Boy, I get to live with peace. And so grace, mercy, and peace all come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ. All because of the truth. The truth is, as a Christian, you should live in peace all the time. Because God's grace is all-sufficient and always there, and His mercy is there every day. So that's how John begins this letter. He says, look, I want you to understand this. I want you to know this. I want you to know the truth. Now, remember, we talked about in his first letter in 1 John, he was writing to this church because there were people coming in, teaching things that were not the truth. And so he's going backwards in essence to say, I don't want you to forget this. We're going to hit this again because those people don't let up. John says, I'm not going to let up. And so he says, look, I want you to understand what the result of truth is. And when you live in the truth, you have peace with God. Secondly, the reminder that John is giving. He says, look, I I need to remind you. Now, if you've been here any length of time, I am very much aware that you could sit there and listen to me and say, boy, he said this before, he's just repeating himself. Yes, I am. I struggled with that for a while early on in the ministry. I thought, man, this is just the same stuff over and over again. But then you read a book like this, and you know what? The Bible is just the same stuff over and over again. I don't know if it's because we're thick-headed, we're slow learners, we have a memory loss problem. I don't know what it is, but if you'll notice as you read through Scripture, there's themes that are there that are just repeated time and time and time again. Repetition is good for you. You know, and if you're a parent, you understand this very well. When you raise kids, I'll bet at some point in time with your children, you have used a phrase like this. I have told you a thousand times not to, right? So it still goes on. So John's going to remind them, here's what's going on. Now notice, verse 4, how happy I was to meet some of your children, some of the other believers, and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. Now, if you remember from 1 John, that was a theme repeated over and over again, wasn't it? This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us. Now, notice, you, you and I get a kind of a new or a little different definition of love. If I love God, what it means is I'm obeying God and following His rules. That is love demonstrated. So God has commanded us. He's commanded us to love one another just as you heard from the beginning. It's not new. I've given it to you time and time again. Look at 1 John 2.7, the previous book. Notice what he wrote. It. This is going to sound very familiar. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's the old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Second John, I'm giving you another commandment. It's not new. You know this. Don't forget this. This is the way it is. Repetition means it's important, right? And so John gives them this reminder. Now, got a little breakdown there. The delight of faithful followers, that's from verse 4. They're living according to the truth. He, he's happy. You're living the way that I have taught you, the way God wants you. It's the truth. And the greatest joy in life is seeing people that you care about serving God. And he says, I I see you. I watch you. And what gives me, my heart, a great, great blessing is you're living according to the truth. Then he he says there's a demand that we live under. It's verse 5. We are commanded. It's not a suggestion. It's not of why don't you think about this. It's not an option. As a Christian, you are commanded It is demanded that you love one another. Well, I'll try. No, you do it. Well, I don't know that. Yes, you can. The problem is, and again, I've said this often, the problem is that you can't. The problem is you don't want to. That's usually the problem. Well, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. So it's not new. It's from the very beginning. What's the the very beginning? God's commandments: love God with all your heart. Love others as yourself. It's been passed down from generation to generation, time upon time, Old Testament, New Testament. It's all the way through there. And so it's a demand that you and I live under. God says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I tell you, you have to love each other. And then he gives this definition of love. Love is doing what God commandment. Notice in John chapter 14, verse 15. Notice what Jesus says. "If you love me, obey my commandments. You can say you love me all you want, but I'm not going to just listen to your words. I'm going to watch your life because that's where your heart is. Verse 21. John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So love is more than a feeling. That's the problem. We live in a generation that has redefined love, but they haven't defined it in a truthful way. Love Hopefully, there's feelings that come from it, but love is a choice that you make. And if you believe in God, then you have to behave like it. And he says, if you love me, believe in me, obey me. And here's what I want. You know, people will come and ask, and maybe you've quite well, what can I do and can't do as a Christian? The answer is very easy. You only have to do two things. Love God with everything that you are. Seek to please Him above all else and all others. And love people and don't do anything that will hurt them. Well, but what if they don't like Then don't do it. What if they don't like me in return? You keep loving. Well, I can't. No, you can. You don't want to. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Look at what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, "Therefore, I a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your" Love. So in other words, anybody here got any faults? Do you know anybody else that has some faults? Now we all know that their faults are much greater than yours. Yeah. Make allowances for each other's faults. Why? Because of your love. Because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit binding yourselves together with peace. As far as it's possible with you, live at peace with everyone, right? Now, there might be people who won't live at peace with you, but you can have peace with them. There's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all, in all, living through all. That is a great theological verse. One. And so Paul writes to them and tells them that. And John just says, let me remind you, I told you about it in the first letter. I've told you about it time and time again. here's what you need to do here's how you need to do it this is what this walk with God is all about you are to love others and then he talks about the relationship we have to remain in the relationship we remain in verse 7 I say this in other words what I just told you why do I tell you this again Because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, if you'll remember, we talked about it previously. Notice the antichrist, small a. He is not the antichrist, large a. Big difference. The spirit of antichrist is alive and well in the earth today. The Antichrist has not yet been revealed. And so he says that. He says, this person, if they don't believe these things and they deny Jesus Christ, if somebody knocks on your door and wants to talk to you about Scripture or the Bible or says they have some revelation, say, well, I need to ask you one question that you need to answer me before we go any farther. What do you believe about Jesus Christ? And if they say, well, we believe he was a good person, just shut the door. Well, we believe he lived and he did a lot of good things, shut the door. There is salvation in no one else but Jesus. And if they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, died on a cross, and is the only way for us to be saved, don't waste your time. They don't have the truth. Now, we as Christians are kind of stubborn on this. And rightfully so. Because it's truth. Well, how do you know that? Well, there's this book called the Bible that says so. Verse 9. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give them the time of day or any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. You don't associate with them. Now, I'm sorry. Don't believe that. That's not true. Not going to listen. Because if you invite them into your home, you might think, well, I'm going to sit them down and really give them what for and witness to them and everything else. But your neighbors watch. Oh, they, they must agree to each other when they come inside. If you want to talk to them, stand outside. If you invite them in, you're going to have to offer them something to drink or cookies or something, probably, and they'll be a long time. If you're standing outside, especially if it's a hundred outside, it won't last long. So, John tells his readers in very strong terms to watch for people who aren't living and teaching the truth, for imposters. He says they're deceivers, and what are they spreading? They're not spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're spreading the gospel of the Antichrist. They deny the incarnation of Jesus, Antichrist, against Christ. He says, you watch out for these people. Don't follow them. Don't listen to them. And verse 80 says, don't lose what you've worked so far hard. You you started with Christ. Don't, Don't lose that. Be diligent so that you can receive your full Uh, reward. And he says, if you wander away from this teaching, you don't have a relationship with God. But if you live according to the truth, you have a relationship with God. And if anybody doesn't teach this, don't have anything to do with them. And what you got to watch out for with false teaching is basically two things. What do they add to the truth? Oh, we got a special revelation. It's not in the Bible, but we have this other book. That's not true. Don't listen to it. Or what they leave out of the truth. Well, Jesus was good. No, he was more than good. He was the son of God. He's the salvation for mankind. Now, why is this so important? Because we live in a day where truth is up for grabs. There are a lot of people who believe the wrong thing about truth. So let me get very relevant with what's going on. According to research polls, less than one half, about 46%, of adults who claim to be born again believe in absolute truth. you get it? Absolute truth. In other words, it's not always true. According to Barna, majority of American adults, 57%, knowing what is right or wrong is just a matter of personal experience. Well, I had this dream, which I really think is a revelation. And God wants to tell me something. And they begin to believe things that aren't godly. And you and I have to come to that place where we recognize that there's a lot of people, uh, more than half of the world, the country we live in, people do not believe in the authority of God's Word. That's what it boils down to. Because God's Word is truth. Absolutely. You better believe that. Because if you don't, you're going to get suckered into believing some weird stuff because it's getting worse. See, here's what a lot of people believe truth is, um, is, is created, it's not discovered. It's a matter of perspective, and each of us have an ability to define truth for myself. What's true for me might not be true for you, but it's my truth. That's garbage. You know, well, you know, each culture or individual define truth differently according to their background and their perspective and where they came from. And we all kind of have our own little element of truth of what we think. And after all, truth changes because it's connected with our experiences and our emotions and our feelings. And culture changes, and that was good back in the day. But this is a new day and things are different now. And so in our country, we are wrestling with how do you define truth in a lot of areas? And people want to change it. Well, that was good then, but now we're different. We're more refined. We have a lot more knowledge now. And we are leading ourselves down paths and roads that will end in destruction. So that when the Antichrist capital A shows up people will believe it. Because that's what they believe about truth. And here's what we believe about truth. It's always the same no matter what culture you live in. I was in um, India at a, at a Bible school teaching Bible school students and the, the head guy at the school had asked me to deal with some practical things so I was talking about marriage and relationship and I started talking about how you treat ladies and how relationships work and everything else and I could tell by what was going on that it was getting real uncomfortable it, you know talking to people and you just kind of have a sense of oh this isn't going over well so I got into it and I stopped and I said "What, what do you think about this and they go well listen here's what we think what you're teaching might be good for America but this is India and it's different here and I said no it's not because it's not about America this is what the Bible teaches And it doesn't matter whether you live in America, India, or Timbuktu. It's true. Your culture does not define it. And it doesn't change over time. If it was true in the 1800s, it's still true today. It doesn't shift with us. You know? And so... This is true. Well, I just don't believe that anymore. Then you're choosing not to believe the truth. I believe this way now. You can do that. You've now just wandered away from the truth, haven't you? Which will end up destroying you. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It's truth. They're absolute. It's knowable. This is the way it is. So you and I live in a day and time where there is a battle, a war going on for truth. And here's what's going to happen. I don't claim to be a prophet, but I can tell you where this is headed. The church is going to start having difficulties because it needs to stand for what's true. And that will not be embraced by the majority of people. And when you go against that and you say, this is true, and they say, no, this is true, you have conflict set up, don't you? And so we live in this day and time. So John could just as easily be writing to us, couldn't he? Don't wander away from the truth. You don't get to redefine it. You don't get to be the one who says what's true and what's not. Truth is always true. And God's Word is the absolute truth. Galatians 5 7. Paul writes, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God for he's the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. And I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who's been confusing you. Just a little false teaching affects a big group, doesn't it? And unfortunately, what we find is there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians. Oh yeah, I believe in the Bible, but I believe, you know, you and I, we get to define truth. It's according to what we see. No, it's not. And so I can and will stand here and say unapologetically, this is the truth. And if you don't agree with it, you're wrong. It's the way it has to go. And that's the battle you and I are in and going to be fighting and are fighting now. Let's finish this up, the resolve of John. Look at verses 12 and 13. Notice what he says. I've got a lot more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink. I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Greetings from the children of your sister, it could be another church, chosen by God. Sometimes face to face is much better than pen and pencil, isn't it? And paper. John says, I've got some other things to say. <laughs> A little aside, maybe because you, you might not like it either, but we're going to talk about this face to face. And so tonight I would just encourage you stand for the truth, don't waver, fight the battle that is going on, and stay true. what God's Word says. You and I don't get to define it. God defines truth because He is the way, the truth, the life. And you and I will stand for it. Father, we thank you tonight that you alone are the truth, that your Word is the truth, And even though we live in a day and time that wants to define truth on its own and makes up its own rules and it keeps shifting from generation to generation, your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just as you are the same. And so we thank you for that. Help us to stay true to the truth as we go from here tonight. In thy name we pray, amen man. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.